what, what happened? <laughs> we were made in the image of God to reflect him. What happened that messed up this world so much? Why do kids get scared to go to sixth grade? or especially junior high at times. Why do all lives matter is another way to look at it. That's one of the, your church values here. I love this church and know Josh and have been a part of a lot of meetings with him. You're, you're in good, a good place. And if you're home, you're, you're, you're thinking as you go, what does this say for me? Let's, let's try to look at human beings and how we got to where we are, but how we were made. And we were made, Genesis chapter 1, right at the beginning, right after, uh, it was on the sixth day, right after five days of magnificent creation. And God said, that's what it says in each of the verses, kids, and God said, let the earth bring forth plant produce, producing, uh, fruit producing plants, let there be oceans. And then he separates the sky from the oceans and the water. And God said, let there be light. And then he made human beings, man and woman, ish and isha, man and woman. In our image, in our likeness. In other words, we're like God. Whoa. We have some of the same abilities, yeah, but we're supposed to look like God in terms of love and holiness, and Adam and Eve did, and they never sinned. They didn't have any fights. I remember one time at dinner, Adam said to Eve, this is getting boring, let's have an argument, and they couldn't, couldn't think of anything, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals. They were in charge. Hello, that's you. Human beings made in the image of God. And the next verse says, So God created mankind, man and woman, in his own image. We were like God. In the image of God, he created them. He wants us to get this. He repeats it. Male and female, he created them. And last week we looked at two parts of the image of God. We're like God in that we can think. We have self-consciousness. If you look in a mirror, you go, uh-oh, or you go, oh, or you fix something. We evaluate our lives. We think, that came off grouchy. We change things. Human beings have those abilities to think and reason. And I know some of you got angry with me for saying that cows don't think out in the pasture, hot dogs, we get to give milk for the kids in Syracuse and Milford and Wabasee area. They don't. They just do it. They just march in. I've seen them. They always go in the same order. Cows, giraffes don't think, why do I have this long neck? Why, why did he make us? They just, they just do what they're supposed to do. And, and, and Dogs don't, I'm sorry if you have a border collie who's so smart, but dogs don't think, I got to do better. I got to live my life a better way and maybe even get married someday. No, they just do what dogs do. But human beings were made in his image. That means we have these amazing abilities, self-consciousness, 
thoughts, humor, even anger, all like God. But much more than just having these abilities, we were made to know God. To be in this means we are connected with him like this. And therefore, we mirror him or show what he's like by the way that we love and what we do. Is that you? That's how we were made. And Adam and Eve knew God. Most of us believe that when they worked in the garden, they had a job. Jobs are not part of the fall. They were told to take care of the farm, take care of the garden, and they did. And when they did, I think they talked with God. What, do you, what should we call this? And they had amazing abilities. They named all the animals. Uh, but they also imaged God and showed what he was like. So that's where it began. So I want to start there and remind you that you are in the image of God. Human beings are much different. In Hebrews it says we were made a little lower than the angels. So you have God, angels, human beings, border collies, and others. But we call it the fall. In theology class, Josh and Dave and I would have had this, some others of you. It's called the great fall. It's right in Genesis chapter 3, and right away it says, that they, they took, uh, they listened to a serpent, a snake. They, they took the one tree they weren't supposed to eat of. You know how that is. Your parents tell you, don't do, don't do this. And you wanna, we want to disobey our teacher. It's just something. Anyway, they, they took the big step and they ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and, and he ate. Now watch this, verse 7, Genesis 3. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. Huh? And they sewed fig trees. They immediately set to try to clothe their eyes. As soon as they sinned, it was cosmic rebellion. It wasn't a little thing. Yes, it was one specific sin, but it meant we're going against you. And immediately, their spirits were divorced from God. It was not like, God, I, what a beautiful day you met. No, they hid from God. They tried to cover up their own unrighteousness in the case of their thought life. Immediately, they were different, had a sin nature. And as it says in Romans chapter 5, as in Adam all sinned, so in Adam all die. Meaning, Adam, the first head of the human race, sins and begins to die. And he never, he apparently never was going to die. And now, if you want me to prove that we are all victims of the fall, I'll say just hang on, you will die. So the fall brought the consequence, brought weeds, brought all kinds of problems. So every person in the world is made in the image of God. This is the cure. I think it's the main cure to take God's view of human beings 
of whites and blacks and all the shades in between and all the people of the world. We were all in the image of God and can be renewed that way. So let's talk about, I like to say a sermon in one sentence, created to image God. That's why our forebears were created. We were made to show his likeness and to mirror his love and his goodness, even to your older brother, even to your neighbors. Is that you? We were created. In fact, in the New Testament, it says love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are to characterize every one of us. They are the attributes of God. We were made to image God and to reflect him. We talked about the... It's, it's a funny word, ontic. It means the things you possess. And people who talk about man made in the image of God say, because he can choose, he can decide to be better, he can make rules for himself and boundaries. But more than that, I believe the image of God was this relationship that we could have with God. And I want to be careful and, and, and remind you that animals are magnificent creatures. Some of them are very smart, but they never have worship services. They never look up to the heavens and say, God, thank you. Human beings were the only beings made in God's image with that kind of ability and spirit. Kids, the greatest thing you can do is look up and worship God. The praise part of P-R-A-Y. But, I put this choose you this day as a reminder. Uh, Joshua 24, it's a great story. But the very fact that human beings can choose and we decide if we're going to be selfish or immoral. We decide if we're going to work hard at single life or married life. We choose we are made in the image of God. But we fell away. And when Adam and Eve fell, I fell. From then on, everyone born was born with a consciousness of sin and a desire to sin. Nobody ever had to teach you in first grade how to lie. The first four-letter word you ever said Mine. I had an older brother, and I don't think I would have sinned, except he taught me how. <laughs> and I, I, I'll apologize to him this week. And he'll say, you're forgiven, but will you ever do it again? And I'll say, yes, probably next week. <laughs> no, but we were all able to sin, and in fact, leaning towards sin. We knew it right from the beginning. So we fell away. The sin of Adam and Eve becomes our sin. You sinned in your own garden. And the ramifications are huge. We got uh, to pastor 43 years, and the last 26 were at 
Akron, Ohio. And now I've been coaching pastors for 11 years, speak in different churches. But I've often said, when we get to heaven, there'll be no dandelions and no cancer. There weren't any weeds till Adam and Eve sinned. If you want to blame somebody for your weeds, blame Adam and Eve. But pull them out. But one time when I was preaching, I said, and then we'll be in heaven and there'll be no more cauliflower and no more cancer. I guess I was being alliterative. They both start with C. And then I thought as I preached, I'm sure, Josh, you've had this. Did I just say cauliflower? Honest. I looked down and Roger was in the fourth row right over here. He sat and I, I could read his lips and he turned to his wife and said, did he just say cauliflower? I meant dandelions. I corrected it the next Sunday. Now that I've eaten cauliflower, I don't think there will be cauliflower in heaven. <laughs> no, but there will be no cancer. I hate cancer. My mother died of it way too young. Some of you have lost friends or parents or children. It will be perfect then, but in the meantime, what are the ramifications of this fallen world on personal? As for you, Ephesians 2, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live. He's talking to Christians who used to live that way. So one of the consequences of the fall is we're dead. What do you mean dead? Spiritually dead, separated from God. You know the separation. You start to take his name in vain. You start to get even. You think lustful thoughts and can't get rid of them. You watch stuff you shouldn't watch. We're separated from God. Are we still smart? Yeah, we go to the moon and back. Or we do well as a principal or a teacher or a mother or a father. But you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air. Who's that? The same one that got Adam and Eve to separate from God. Another uh, verse, the very next one, says related to this, all of us lived among them at one time, the people of the world, gratifying the cravings of our flesh. Eat that fruit of the tree that you shouldn't have. Take another look at that woman that you shouldn't take a look. Go ahead, steal that little bit. It's not that much. We all are born into a lifestyle that follows its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were children of wrath. Later in Ephesians, he talks about it. He says, they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God. The image was to reflect his glory. It's gone. That part of it, the connection, the relationship. You almost have to start over or be born again to get the relationship back. Actually, you do. But these are the ramifications darkened in their understanding. In the next verse, very strong, having lost all sensitivity. Some people don't get bothered when they are selfish. They have given themselves over to sensuality as so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they're full of greed. 
Now, when you sit here in church or you sit there at home, I don't want to be mean to you, but I want to tell you this is the way my heart is without Christ. This is the way the human beings are in our world. One time in Akron, I, I walked into a pet store to get something for our grandson. And as I walked in, there was a talking parrot there, and he immediately looked at me and said, you're the ugliest, meanest man I've ever seen. And I looked back. I knew the manager of the store, and I said, do you know what your parrot said to me when I walked in? He said, I'm the ugliest, meanest man he's ever seen. He said, just a moment. And he walked up to the parrot, forgive me, animal rights friends, shook the parrot like this and said, don't you ever talk to our customers like that again. Well, I shopped a little while, and as I walked out, I heard him say, hey, you. And I looked up, and he said, you know. <laughs> you do know. That inside you dwells, as Paul the, the Apostle said, no good thing. You do know that we can take the abilities of God and life can become what Solomon said one day, vanity of vanities. Our Hebrew prof at Grace right down the street told us to say that, soap bubbles of soap bubbles. There's no meaning to life when you live separated from God. So why not riot in the streets? Why not cheat in your business? Why not ditch your marriage? If people who are so talented from God and so able from God get separated from God, Life becomes empty, and some of them can do good things. Religion's a good thing in the sense that it makes people do right. They invent their rules. There are thousands and thousands of religions in the world, but the main one is legalism, where you make up rules or your religion has rules for you, and what do you get when you keep the rules? Pride. I'm better than anybody else. It can happen in this church or anywhere else. We were made to know God, but separated from him. Even nice things sometimes have no meaning. You can look at a rainbow and think, oh, that's cool. That's, did you see all those colors? Instead of learning to worship and be connected with God. Like a married couple that never communicates, a human being without God does not worship or have spiritual life with God. Or like the gun in the hand of a madman. Or a missile at the direction of an evil ruler. Something that can be handy and good becomes a weapon against God. Even religion itself. But we can be restored. 
Human beings were made to know God with amazing abilities, that's part of the image, but also to image him. If you looked at Adam and Eve or heard their conversation, you'd say, wow, do they love each other. Oh, are they kind. We fell away, but in Jesus Christ, we can be restored. There are many verses that talk about it, but I want to say it's, it's related to the coming of Jesus Christ to this earth. Did you know that in Ephesians 1:11 it says, before the foundations of the earth, God had a plan in mind. Before he invented the worlds and the solar system and the galaxies and the universe, he knew that this planet Earth that would have human beings would need salvation. And he sends Jesus Christ. In his mind, before the foundations of the earth, Ephesians 1.11, and in history, around 0 B.C., the end of what we call or A.D., Jesus comes to earth. When he died, he took every one of your sins on his back. He took all the sins of the Old Testament, which had been covered over. Put your hand on the head of the lamb, son. Put your hand on the head of the lamb. And those sins were covered. But on that day at Calvary, all the sins of Moses and Adam and Eve and David and Rahab were thrown on Jesus Christ, but so were yours. He cried out, my God. Why have you forsaken me? He also cried out, it is finished. It is paid for. When you put your faith in Christ, his death counts for your judgment. You will never die spiritually if you believe in him. Not just say, oh yeah, he existed. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I'll take him as my savior. Yeah, what, what's next? No, you trust him. Furthermore, when you put your faith in Christ, Romans 4 says, your faith is counted as righteousness. The righteousness of Jesus Christ is written on your name. When you go to God in prayer today, he doesn't see you as just Newt Larson's sinner. He sees you as someone in Christ, and the righteousness of Christ gives you permission to ask his favor and his love and to be assured you will live with him forever. That's why it's called by Jesus, new birth, a new start. You're still human, you're still amazing in abilities, yeah, but you start over. And now his Holy Spirit comes into your life and you're connected again just like Adam and Eve were. And it's through Jesus Christ. Is that you? You don't just salute that and say, oh yeah, Oh, yeah. No, you trust him. And then you live this way, obeying his righteous commands as best you can, keep growing, and live this way. So it's restored in Christ. And then we grow, put on the new self. That's Christ in you. The old self is just you. But the new self is Christ in you. You invite him into your life created to be, here we go, like God in true righteousness and holiness. 
Is that you? Keep growing at that. That's why you're in a group. That's why you pray. That's why you read the Bible. You have put Colossians 3. You've put on the new self. That's Christ in you, which is being renewed in knowledge in the, there it is, image of its creator. The image of God in us is not just an ability. It's a relationship, and it's renewed in Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says it a different way and a kind of interesting. And we all, with unveiled faces, meaning Moses had to put a veil on his face, but we see God in Jesus Christ. We contemplate the Lord's glory and are being transformed into his image. Gradually, yes, more and more, transformed with ever-increasing glory. You don't lie anymore. You begin to show kindness and do it so regularly now. You grow in your love for the church and how to give and how to serve. You forgive that neighbor with ever-increasing glory. You show that you're united with Christ. Will you keep growing that way? That's more than just church. That's not religion. That's a new life in Christ. It's a life that honors him as the one who's the Savior, but also risen Christ. If he can do creation and he can do resurrection, he can help every one of us love him and relate to him and image him, reflect his goodness. Let's pray. Lord, help me do that, please. Help us together as a church and individually live this way. We pray while we're at it for the people we love and people we meet that we would help them see Christ as Lord and source of a new life. As you pray, not, quite, not out loud, but just thank God that this is true in your life. And if it's not true, ask God to help you receive Christ by faith. Even do it today. Believe and rest in Christ and then grow. God, help us honor him as Savior and Lord and grow in the ways of Jesus Christ and to image your love. We pray this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ who walked on water and raised the dead and showed us how to live and lives within us. Amen.